0: Welcome to the MVP, the Mountain View podcast. We are so glad you could join us for today's episode as we look at one topic from Sunday's message and dive deep in how it relates to us today, to our culture, and to the way we follow Christ. Hey, this is Pastor Tim. I'm Scotty Bishop. And this is Jonathan Smith. Welcome back to the MVP, the Mountain View podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us for today's episode as we dive deep into one aspect of Sunday's message and unpack it for the 21st century. Dr. Tim, what did you bring for us today?
1: Well, you know, as we finished up on Sunday, we finished up the part of Paul's speech before the uh, Athens believers. The Athenians were uh, kind enough. Um, as we might say, to invite him to Mars Hill for him to give a um, talk about Jesus and the resurrection. And so he does so. And, um, and one of the things that Paul uses to his ability, um, I think it's one of those things that we might call a God thing, or we know for sure that Paul really believed that the Holy Spirit was part of his life and was led by the Holy Spirit And to be able to stand before these people and talk to them about an unknown scripture to a God and to be able to quote their poets in such a way to build this common ground that the Holy Spirit was just bringing this out into his mind for him to connect to his audience, which I think is, is a great way. And we talked about it Sunday is that, Apologetics, from a cultural standpoint, we've all done it for years. We just didn't know probably what it was called. We use illustrations from today's music or a television show or a movie line. We use something um, to gain somebody's attention, and then we're able to introduce that to uh, a platform for Jesus and the resurrection. And so... When we, when we do this, even as pastors and, and youth directors and music directors, we, we tend to do this and we probably don't even know it. But we're looking for things that are culturally in our day to connect people. And I, I think from my past, I've been able to even preach messages uh, through illustrations. Um, Christ did the same thing. Um, you know, taking a... Uh, uh, a story from the Old Testament, and um, they these men were sent out to to bring some stuff back, and they come back and and I believe it was Elisha had had instructed them to bring some stuff back and, and to fix, and they did, and they threw it in a pot, and they stirred it up, and when they took a bite of it, it was like death; it tasted like death. And so, you know, I got a big pot, and I threw things in the pot. And, and as a cultural illustration, these are the things that can kill you and you bring things out of the pot. You know, uh, one of the things that I brought out was, um, you know, a book and, and how we judge based on a book's cover, but not its contents. And, you know, you can use these type of things to gain people's attention. Uh, I remember preaching a message where I had this big, I made this big six foot brown paper bag and put on their Timmy's lunch and talked about the lad and the fish and the bread. And during the message, I was pulling things out. What are you able to give out of your lunch? You know, what are you able to share your time, your talent or whatever? And at the very end, I jump into it. I had to get up on top of the, um, the communion table to jump in. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh it was better it was it was a shorter distance than the pulpit. So so I, I I jump in there and say, hey, this is what I'd like to present, you know, to the Lord. You know, so so you can use those type of illustrations. And Scotty, I'm sure that you've done the same thing with the youth.
2: I have. Uh there was um probably probably my favorite time was I was teaching uh, out of James where uh, he talks about the, the dangers of the tongue. And uh the 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 illustration that I used was uh I had uh I asked for a volunteer from one of my students and I just said, I need somebody who is willing to do anything that I say to come up here and and be my volunteer. This kid uh volunteers and he comes up there and I said, I need you to take this index card and write down just the meanest thing. That you can say about me. I don't care what it says, just be be ugly to me on this index card. And so he takes what feels like 45 minutes to write just the longest, meanest thing that I've ever seen in my life. And he writes it down and I read it and I'm I'm like, all right, cool. Our words affect people. And you know, a lot of times people will use like toothpaste and you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, which true, sure. Uh, but I wanted to up the ante a little bit. So I said, you know, your words affect people. Christian, what you have written today affects me. And so I took that index card and I lit it on fire and I let it burn and I collected the ashes and mixed it up into uh, applesauce and ate it in front of them. And uh, the the point was that, you know, the worst this will probably do is give me indigestion. But the worst your words can do can change the course of somebody's life. Uh, so, so trying to show them... Uh, trying to show them that that their actions have consequences and our actions have consequences uh in a way that is a little lighthearted uh but but really gets that point across was 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 fun
0: so uh this is all great and wonderful and and I, we could go on for days i think about different ways we presented the, the gospel and and tried to illustrate points uh but that's one thing coming from a kind of teaching to a to a crowd perspective. Um, What are some ways that maybe we've done it kind of more on an individual level uh, that would be more, um, maybe a little bit more applicable to, to somebody who doesn't stand and teach on on a regular basis. One of the ways that I've done it before is, is when you're talking to somebody about the Holy spirit and um, a, a triune God, how do you, how do you communicate something like that? Uh, and I, the, the, one of the always go-tos is, uh, is you're trying to, to to illustrate this principle of a, a three-in-one is the, uh, the idea of water. That water can be ice, water can be steam, or water can be liquid, water can be water. But that doesn't change its molecular composition, it doesn't change... Anything about it, the, the characteristics of change, the way it manifests itself changes. But the chemical composition remains the same. Uh, and so that, that's one of the ones that I've used kind of in, in a one-on-one, uh, more personal uh, uh, level. Uh, Dr. Tim or, or Scotty, do y'all have any examples of, of maybe some, something that's a little less um, one-to-many and a little more one-to-one or one-to-a-few?
1: Well, before I do that, I got to go back to the tongue thing. Yeah. Uh, I, used, I used the same kind of reference from the tongue, but I, I used Betsy's tongue. Um, I actually had a cow tongue and I brought it to the full pit. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and just whacked that thing, you know. And, <laughs> and I had to stop because I had hair on my tongue, you know, and you know you know that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, I, I think That's I think gross. Um, I like that better. I'm going to use that now. I, uh, I think we can. Do various things, you know, um, and and some of them may seem a little silly. You know, I, I remember coming off um, the golf course and a guy said something like, oh, this is the best day ever that you could come off from playing a g- game of golf. Uh, it's just so beautiful out here. And I said, yeah, you may be right, but I can think of something even more beautiful. And he goes, oh, well, what's that? I said, a place called heaven where the day is always perfect. You know, and and coming from a golf course, you know, you're right there. And that gives you the opportunity to speak, you know, um, that the grass will always be green, you know, that you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, the dangers of weather. So it gives you an opportunity to use something and and to talk to people uh, in that way. But I think sometimes when we when we do an apologetics uh, period, whether it's culture or not, is is reaching to the person's ability to understand what the gospel is, why it's important. And like Paul, he felt so constrained. He was tore up so much inside that it caused him to want to do something about it. And whether it's individually or whether it's in the church, um, I think we have those opportunities but i'm not sure that we're stirred as much as paul was as we see these things uh, unfold for us even in our day and
0: and why do you think that is cuz i when you said that that the first thing is, is i agree with you 100% but what what is keeping us from being as motivated as stirred by the idolatry by the uh lack of Acknowledgement of God uh, in our communities and in our culture today. What what keeps us from having that same, uh, like Elijah had that, that the word was was so was in his bones that if he like fire that if he didn't speak it he was going to be consumed.
1: Well, I think it goes back to our original conversation of of evangelism, how we fear sometimes. So let's just say in our cultural time right now. Why are we not so eager to address someone who may be, let's say, having a gender identity? It is better for us to just skip it, not get involved, um, and we don't have to worry about it. That's what we tell ourselves, you know, but that's not what the Bible requires us to do. The Bible requires us to have an answer, you know, and if we get to that point where we meet someone who's, you know, having identity crisis or who's um, looking for some answers in life. We're not wanting to really tackle that. We would rather stay on the sidelines and complain about it. And, And I think that's most of our problem. We're not willing to engage our culture to see change by one life at a time. We would rather sit back. And you guys have heard this before. We need to pray that America has revival. We're waiting for somebody else to start something so that it'll sweep America and make us feel good about it again. And that's not what God called us to do. God's called us to be ready to defend the gospel to anyone and everyone so that we give them a hope. And if we're not willing to do that, we're not willing to study. We're not willing to to read our Bibles. We're not we're not willing as I said before. We're much more willing to get our information about any cultural aspect today from Fox, CNN, from someplace else, Facebook or whatever, rather than reading the Bible or reading the Bible with commentaries or books that have been written precisely about these issues on a biblical level. And it's easier for us just to turn a blind eye and go on.
0: Well, I think I'm going to... Both agree and disagree simultaneously, uh, because I think it, we do hesitate to wade in on the personal level, uh, and I. But I don't think uh, many Christians are afraid to weigh in on the cultural level, as in they are proud to make a stand and 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 proclaim. Uh, truth, quote unquote, truth from afar and to those people over there. But we are afraid and we are scared to wade into the conversation and start dealing with people life on life because that's much, much scarier. And I think it's because, and I think part of the pushback from culture in general is because they do feel like they are being screamed at and yelled at and condemned from afar instead of being loved on and lived with and approached with the gospel on a more personal level
2: i I think part of i i agree with you but I, i think part of the part of the problem is that our world right now is at the same time so much smaller and so much bigger than it wasn't in in Paul's day because right now I, I could, I could log into Facebook and have a megaphone for a few hundred people that I could talk to all at once and get my opinion out there, just completely surface level and be done with it. But I think that we, we miss, we are either, um, overwhelmed by all of the other opinions or other thoughts or other uh, cultural issues that we see because not only do we have a megaphone to speak to a few hundred people at the same time, we have a few hundred people at least yelling at us at the same time, or we are sort of, we're we're either overwhelmed by that or we feel like being personal, being one-on-one with somebody is not, making a difference. It's not a drop in the bucket. I don't agree with that. I think that, that the way to cultural change is through personal change. Um, but it feels like sometimes making, making that effort for one person or for two people is not making the difference that shouting into the void would. And that's, that's backwards. But,
1: and I think part of that is a mindset of, a Christian is are we called to build a kingdom for the world or a kingdom for Jesus and if we're gonna build a kingdom for Jesus then yes one soul at a time is important if it's going to try to build the kingdom of the world one soul will not make a difference because that one person is not going to take away the whole sin of, of what's happening way over here so, you know, our objective would have to be is why are we doing this? You know, what 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 is our purpose in doing this? And our purpose should always be, first of all, the mandate of the Holy Spirit through God's word is to telling us that we are to be a witness to the world. we are be a light to the world. And so that is our primary focus. And let's just be honest, if one soul is saved, the world does not even celebrate. All heaven does and so I I it's it's our it's I guess it's gonna have to be the mindset of why we want to do this Uh, do we want to do this for the kingdom's sake or do we just as as you guys want to say stand on the other side and shout Uh, I say stand over here and complain (laughs) you know we have a choice you know we we have a choice in what we're gonna do and eventually I know some people are listening and says, well, I don't think I'll ever come across this. No, eventually, as the world continues on, whether it's a family member, whether it's a grandchild, whether it's a son or a daughter, whether it's a family member, whether it's a church member, you're going to face the subject of transgenderism, uh, people with identity problems. uh, The list will go on. We're all going to face that. The church is going to face that. Um, and so we need to be prepared for that to happen if we're going to build a kingdom for God. Or as they say, I don't know how true this is, be like an ostrich and stick your head in the sand. That is actually a uh, urban myth, but
0: okay. that is beside the point. <laughs> and <laughs> I just blew Scotty's mind. <laughs> Today I learned. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things, though, uh, there's two sides that two things that I want to uh, address real quickly. Um, one is, I think a lot of times part, another part of the reason we stand from the side and complain or stand from the side and shout is because we don't have any touch points in that culture. We have isolated ourselves thinking ourselves to be good Christians, protecting our holiness. um, Trying to be of the world but not in the world. But at the same time, we've lost that touch point of going out and making disciples, going and teaching and preaching the gospel, which means interacting with non believers. So I think we need to, to learn to, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, take um, those leaps and, and make the effort to come across people who aren't believers. Uh, to to build those relationships in a way that we can actually reach out and and um and, and present the gospel but on the other side of that we also have to realize every time we preach the gospel it doesn't mean that it's every life changed uh the i think the statistics are i know it was 7 i heard as as many as 14 times it takes 14 times for somebody to hear the gospel before they Except uh, Christ, and that's on average. So you've got some folks that say it once, and then they hear it the first time, and they're in. And then you got some people who hear it hundreds of times over the course of their year uh, their course of their lives, and they're never in. So we can't engage or can't gauge our effectiveness as far as our evangelism by conversions. We have to gauge it by the uh, our obedience to the Holy Spirit's call in our life to proclaim the gospel
1: yeah and paul Paul was used to this uh, as as we saw in that chapter that um he in Berea and there in Thessalonica, he only had a few believers who come, you know, handfuls. Um, he didn't have a miraculous time like Peter with three thousand the first day and 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 here at Athens, he only has two. But again, is he in it for building the kingdom of God, or is he there to build it for the kingdom of the world? And and those two people hold, held on to Paul. They wanted him to stay, and he didn't do that. To make a long story short, I have been around people where it has been, here's a track, read it, accept Christ, and you're saved.
0: Even worse than that, left a track on the table of a, at a restaurant or in a motel room or whatever and thinking that's evangelism.
1: Or— Chasing people down the street, getting them to repeat a prayer so that when you go back to church, you keep your position as a Sunday school teacher. So, um, I, I have been and seen all kinds of different things. And, you know, those people normally, two things happen they either ignore the gospel or two, they make a false profession. And that's not what we want. We want the Holy Spirit to convict a person because it's the Holy Spirit that makes the results, not us.
0: And I think that second one happens a whole lot more than we want to admit and is the more dangerous of the two, because they think by saying these magic words uh, or even being splashed with some magic water that they are therefore sealed in eternity when they haven't had the repentant heart, they haven't turned to Christ and made... Him, the Lord and Savior of their life. And so they're walking around thinking that they don't need anything else. And therefore, every other time they hear the gospel, they're like, oh, I've already done that. I'm set. And we are giving people a false hope uh, that uh, that walks them down a path of their ultimate destruction.
1: And we could go on for that for days because I've got illustration after illustration after illustration. But we, what we really... What we really got to look at was that Paul did what he was supposed to do. He was stirred by the Spirit. He preached the gospel, and then he left. But he told them the truth, and that was the most, I I believe, the most important aspect. He told them the truth, and they had to make a decision. So starting this Sunday, uh, we'll start a new series, and I won't get very far, but we're going to be starting a new series called Truth Over Trends. And so we're going to be looking at truth uh, we're going to be looking at trends and how that goes together with our culture today and how we're going to relate that so for those who are listening we hope that you will engage with us as as we go through this uh in the coming weeks as well
0: i'm really looking forward to uh, dr tim doing the latest TikTok tock dance
2: uh, that's going to be a great trend to watch i Yes, please. I, I will download TikTok just to learn with you. if you would do that on a Sunday morning. Should
1: I do the TikTok dance with the cow's tongue?
2: <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, well, that's it for the MVP this week. Uh, you'll have to come to church uh, and see if Dr. Tim, because we probably want to go ahead and say, we won't live stream that. If you want to see that in person, <laughs> you're if you want to see it at all, you're going to have to come. We might sneak a video of it and do something with it later. But uh, if you want to see that for sure and make sure you don't miss it, make sure you're here at church uh, on Sundays as we continue to dive into uh, what Christ has to say about our culture and how we can take Christ to our culture as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope to see you next week as we continue the MVP.